1: I would love to kind of going away from or like moving to one of the other topics that we were talking about before um, as in before in the episode when we were speaking about it online um, you mentioned something which I thought was very interesting and I want to quiz you a little bit more about it you said how being beautiful and private is just as worthy as being seen and I would love to for you to elaborate a little bit more on like what you mean by this and How do you
0: practice it? Of course. I would love to talk about that. Um, So that actually comes from a poem I wrote. Um, Let me find it.
2: Can you read it as well?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would love to. Um, Okay, it's called After Nikki Giovanni, um, who's this incredible poet. Um, She basically, in this other poem that was completely unrelated, wrote this line, um, I don't want a shadow, I want you. Um, And I was writing this at a time when I had just started dating my ex and he was asking me to trust him. And I was really fucking scared. Um, And I don't, I just felt like hyper aware and hyper uh, exposed, I guess. So I wrote Mm -hmm. this poem um, called after Nikki Giovanni Um, stoking the embers when you're not around. I don't want a shadow. I want you in the light of the flame. I'm remembering I can be beautiful in private too. It's Pretty short. Um, but the general premise of it is that I was thinking about when I say stoking the embers when you're not around, I was thinking about all the work that you do when you're away from a person to keep that fire alive. Um, or even that like fire feeling, even if it's not passion with them, but it's just like feeling in general. Um, and I was thinking about how I didn't want, I don't know, I was, it was a very earnest, honest feeling of not wanting like this, uh, because he and I were doing long distance and I felt like. A lot of the time we were doing long distance, I was, like, kind of dating the shadow of him and not him. Mm. Which is not to say that all long distance is like that. I know it is not, because of Leo. (laughs) Um, But, um, (laughs) shout out Marco, man! Um, But, uh, I felt like, I was like, oh, I don't want this, like, half-baked version of you, I want you. But then I was thinking about, as much as I want him and I'm allowed to want him, I was this is hard to explain I was just as capable and worthy of wanting myself um Mm -hmm. and this idea that like yeah I can be Mm -hmm. beautiful to you but beyond that I can I'm beautiful to myself so regardless of whether or not you're here to witness it um whether it's in public or in private like I can be beautiful by myself um just in the intrinsic nature of that basically every person is beautiful um just because they exist um so that's kind of that idea
1: I love that. I feel like we speak about it quite a bit on the podcast. Like,
0: I guess it's journey to, like, loving yourself more
1: and mm-hmm. criticizing yourself less and, and being confident in your own skin. And it's definitely something that, like, me and Cara have both kind of been working on,
0: are working on. Yeah.
2: And not um, needing, like, external validation to yeah. make yourself mm-hmm. believe that you feel mm-hmm. beautiful and, like, mm-hmm. truly believing it by yourself. Yeah. It's yeah.
0: something that helped me, um, just, like, a very simple thing that was helping me when I was kind of in the depths of that was just thinking that even if he and I broke up which we eventually did or whatever it was like whatever happens with any person you are still the same person that you were before them and you were the same person after and if you like yourself a shit ton when you're with them then you are capable of liking yourself a shit ton or equally as much after yeah if not more because you got through it (laughs) exactly because your pain and then Love, you're able to yeah. do that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. What is something that you did to I guess feel
0: beautiful in private when you were just with yourself? Oh my god. So I was in Paris when I wrote this. My parents had COVID, so they couldn't leave the hotel room and it was I had just had it, so I didn't have it like when we were in Paris. And I think I cried all over Paris. I think I cried in every <laughs> RD spot. Like I just sobbed my eyes out. Um, and I honestly loved it. I felt really beautiful doing it. I was like, this is me, <laughs> like, being, you know, sad Aww. in Paris. And, like, that just kind of felt, like, romantic <laughs> Sounds very romantic. Yeah. It was. I was, like, sitting on the Seine and reading The Ethical Slut. Um, I don't know if you've read it. It's about, like, polyamory, <laughs> no. uh, well, not oh. being a bad person. It's a very interesting book, but I honestly wouldn't recommend reading all of it, cause, just because it's so long and so big. And I think... Most of it can be summed up in like, don't be an asshole, be compassionate, think about how other people want to do things and communicate. I think that's basically what the book comes down to. But anyways, I was reading yeah. this book um, and I was just crying all over Paris. Um, <laughs> and I think the thing I realized the most that helped me um, was that I was allowed to be sad and that I was allowed to be feeling scared and that whatever it was was just completely valid in what I was feeling. And I think the sooner you stop fighting yourself for feeling things like feeling emotions that are labeled by other people as good or as bad, um, and instead mm. seeing a, like an emotion as a sign or a signal of something that your like your body or your brain is trying to tell you, then the more you can be, uh, the more you can be honest with not only how you're feeling, but like where you want to go. And it feels like less clouded. Um, so that is just to say that I was really sad and I let myself be sad and it helped a lot.
2: <laughs> I love that so much.
0: That's so interesting. Like hearing you say that.
1: So for you, do you feel like how you view yourself, or like of how beautiful you are, is automatically tied to how you feel, like your emotions? So it's not like you view it. Do you see a difference between like your your external safe and and your inner self,
0: or are they both linked I in think that way? When I feel the ugliest is when I am ignoring myself or not being honest mm-hmm. with myself. Like I experience this like a Like, literally last week, I had just gotten back from a different trip to Paris with my family, and I, um, I don't know, I just, like, went on a bender for no reason. I, like, met this random dude at this bar and then got too drunk, and I don't even know his name. I literally don't know who he was. (laughs) I kicked him out the next morning, and I was like, I don't know who you are. And then the next day, (laughs) uh, the next day was, like, New Year's Eve, and I went out with my friends, and I wasn't, like, intentionally trying to find someone, but I ran across this dude who, like, kind of, like, latched on, and then we... I started hanging out with him and I would be at his place till like 8 p.m. the next day and I was just like ignoring Mm. myself and I found myself Mm. falling into the same pattern of familiarity of trying to run from myself because I didn't want to be alone and I felt really ugly. I did not feel beautiful or good about myself because I was not, not even that I wasn't taking care of myself, but that I wasn't looking myself in the eye. And then Mm. I like had a really good conversation with my friend um, who came out, who flew out to, just basically support me because I was, um, I was really worried about going into like a bad place after the breakup. And he flew out like last week to spend some time with me from San Francisco. Aww. And it was that great. And I'm like, friend. he's such a, he's the best friend. He's my best friend. Um, He's also <laughs> the best friend. Uh, but he came out and he was honest <laughs> with me and he was like, I feel like you're ignoring yourself and it's hurting me. And it took him to tell me that it was hurting him for me to stop which I'm ashamed Mm. of, but at the same time, grateful for that it like, you know, however it happened was how I got there. Um, but I mean, since then I kind of was just like, okay, what is it exactly that I am running from? What is it Mm. that I don't want to face myself for? And then how do I want to go forward? And I think those like very simple things, um, made it Simple but not di- obviously not not difficult. Like it was really hard to look yeah. myself in the eye and answer those things. But um, once I w- decided that that was that answering those questions was important to me, um, I was I started feeling like not only capable but beautiful in the pursuit of being honest. Um, so I think as I, I don't know, as soon as you can try to look yourself in the eye. That's the moment yeah. where you become more beautiful, I guess. To me, to me, beauty's honesty.
2: I love that so much. Well, everything you're saying is making me realize that like negative self talk specifically isn't just with like talking shit about yourself for like external things, like oh my body doesn't look good today, or like um, my hair looks bad. It's also with the way you talk to yourself when you're trying to not exa- exactly what you're saying, like show emotion, or like trying to be like. Mm-hmm. like oh why am i crying why am i getting so angry over this even mm-hmm. just like questioning those things is negative self talk and i That's i exactly. only like put those two and two together with what you're saying because mm-hmm. i do that all the time like i i'll cry and then be like oh i hate that i'm crying like i hate mm-hmm. that i'm letting myself get so upset over this or like if if a friend frustrates me or like um someone at work let's say they'll say something that really just gets on my nerves my nerves instead of just letting myself feel that i'll be like oh, why am I taking it so personally? And then it's like, that's not helping yourself. Like, you know, you're
0: supposed to be your own best friend as well, you know? And like, totally. And both of those things, whether you're like, directly saying, I hate myself, or I hate my body, or saying, um, why am I acting like this? Like, this is so annoying. Both of those just invalidate you. And like, f- to make you feel smaller. And yeah. that just is not, nice from anyone like you wouldn't want to hear that from your no. friends so you wouldn't want to hear it from yourself you
1: know yeah you're very right I also I think <laughs> it's so interesting because I feel like even I mean Kara, can I call you out um because yesterday yeah call me out <laughs> <laughs> yesterday Cara made me a voice note and actually I'm very proud that you did basically just making sending me a voice note kind of telling me how she was feeling and that you know you weren't feeling your best and kind of you know that's also why we ended up kind of not seeing each other in person. And yeah. I feel like you were still, like, apologizing for making the voice note. And, like, you know, that it was I made such made, like, a...
2: jokes as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like, oh, making a voice note talking about me. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you should just be able
1: to make a fucking voice note about how I you're know. feeling and not feel bad about it or not feel like someone else is gonna think like oh my god Kara is gonna talk about her is talking about herself like
2: mm-hmm.
1: no one would ever like I would never get a voice note about you talking about your feelings and being like oh my god who does Kara think she is like, <laughs> what else is like voice notes for you know <laughs> that's so true but then like <laughs> I
2: followed up being like I'm taking space Leo and I'm proud of myself for doing that
1: <laughs> I know I know, yeah. I was proud was, of you. But then it's... It was an internal
2: battle, though, like, while yeah. I was doing it, I was like, ah, I hate that I like, nope. <laughs> But it's so
1: interesting, because I think... It's just hard Other people do. probably, or, like, for example, me, I would never think twice about making a voice note telling you how I feel, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how you see even something like that, and I think lots of people have that with different elements, or, like, you know, that's just one example of where you immediately just are invalidating yourself in the process, and yeah. just... Yeah, not even feeling like that, like something so small is like you have to almost acknowledge that that is something where, oh, I'm taking so much space. You're not taking up space by sending a a voice note about or telling someone how you feel, you know.
0: And But it comes from so long of like women being told that they should sit like quietly and be pretty. right? And not take up space. I think it also
2: it comes up from like I honestly think it's a cultural thing of like growing Mm -hmm. up being told that like. Talking about yourself is like narcissistic. Yes, and, my parents are yeah, the same you know, thing. Yeah, it's this view that like if you're spending so much energy on yourself, you're like it's almost like superficial. And even if it's something emotional, you're you're still being superficial because you're putting so much energy into yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm I'm trying to work on. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, which is also coming with like being open with like friends and stuff about my feelings and stuff. So mm. yeah. I'm really
0: proud of you I'll for working on it. Thanks. Me too. <laughs> it means a lot. <laughs>
2: Out, I know.
1: <laughs> I'm interested because, I mean, this is kind of like a different, a different topic, but because you were saying that you were reading, and again, we can take this question out if you don't want to talk about it, but mm. you were saying that you were reading a book on polyamory, and I know that your mm. relationship with your ex was kind of slightly open, slightly mm-hmm. closed from the way I understand mm-hmm. it, would you describe yourself as, like, polyamorous or being interested in that? Or, like, what's your relationship Ooh. with, like, your sexuality and, and all of that? Like, kind of a completely different tangent, but I'm just
0: I was just curious. <laughs> no, I'd love to talk about it. Like I said, I fucking love talking. Um, <laughs> I, so, I'm bi. I've been out, like, to basically everyone since, like, basically senior year of high school. Um, but I didn't really practice very much besides, like, making out Mm. with my friends or whatever until, like, (laughs) I guess the past two years, um, which has been the most eye-opening thing for me. Dating women is my favorite thing ever. Um, I think, genuinely, I think as a woman, acknowledging that you are not straight means that you have to come to terms with exactly who you are sooner, Mm. and I don't think straight men have to do that. Um, So I think, inherently, dating women it means dating a more self-aware person or someone that's further along in their journey of being honest with themselves, um, or at least knows what it means to try to be honest with themselves, um, which is not to say they're always, like, successful or, like, you know, completely honest, but for the most part, I think it's a better starting point. So that is all to say, I really love dating women, and that's something I want to do more of this year. Um, I, so I was in, like, a, <laughs> I was in a thruple question mark? um last year (laughs) i love the
2: question mark at the end (laughs) well
0: because it wasn't exactly like a couple like we weren't like we weren't like i didn't text them being like i didn't rely on them emotionally and it Mm. was mostly just sex but we ended up kicking him out because he sucked and now she and i are friends and like she's moving she's moving to new york (laughs) this week and she's coming to like my birthday thing (laughs) on saturday like she's she's my (sighs) girl i love her um i mean i'm like i'm open to anything I don't know exactly what I am. Like, I wouldn't call myself polyamorous or monogamous just because I don't think I've done enough research into polyamory. Like, when I say research, I mean practice myself. Um, because, yeah, yeah, I was in that trouble, but it was, like, not emotional. And then when my ex and I were dating, um, we were open when we were in different countries um, just because it was, like, we didn't feel like being physically bound to the other person was what was right with for us that early on in the relationship because we started doing long distance pretty soon after we started dating um which worked for us in the beginning I think but I mean I hooked up with a girl like when I was in Paris like that first time um and it was fine and whatever but I think he viewed to be honest I think he viewed my bisexuality as more of like a sexy kind of accessory than like Mm. an identity
2: Mm. um which it's like
0: fetishizing it and stuff. Yeah, way. which was interesting because he had his own experiences with sexuality that aren't my place to talk about. But um, basically what happened was that when we were in different countries, I like got really drunk one night and texted this guy that I used to hook up with and like wanted to hook up with him. And then I went down into this really big guilt spiral and I felt really bad about wanting to hook up with someone else. And I thought about why and I realized it was because I didn't want to be with anyone besides my partner. So yeah. I like obviously didn't hook up with a guy called my partner the next day and told him what I had been feeling exactly, which was really scary for me. Um, Mm. And he was the one that said, I don't want to be seeing other people either. Let's close the relationship. I have no need to be seeing anyone else. Um, And if I do want to see someone else or that changes, I'll talk to you first. And I was really, really scared about that because I had been cheated on and I was so, like, in the past by other people. And I Mm. was just so worried um, that whole time about him hooking up with my friend who was like we were all in the same friend group together and they just had this like really intense like flirty tension the whole relationship that I think I gave them I gave them the benefit of the doubt and I didn't want my past experiences to cloud my like personal relationships now so I was honest with them and I told them both like from the beginning that I was worried about them cheating on me with each other and they both told me, like, as people, that they respected me and that they wouldn't do that just because I was their friend outside of like, outside of the relationship. That like I was a friend, and they they wouldn't like disrespect me like that. Anyways, I found out later that the same night he closed the relationship with me, he cheated on me with her, um, which was just like, honestly, uh-huh. when I found out, just like a huge slap in the face. Um, uh-huh. But at the same time. Like I said earlier, gave me the opportunity to evaluate what was important to me and what I wanted to bring into my future, and what I wanted to not like leave in the past, but honor the past for what it was, and like appreciate it. So that makes it kind of sound like I don't know when I talk about it now. I don't want it to sound like I'm angry about. I mean, obviously I was like angry for a period of time, but I don't want it to be like I regret any of it because I don't Yeah. and something that I've been thinking about a lot is that I want is that I, I know that that love I had for him and the love I had for her as my friend were both real um, at least yeah. on my end and that that was like to me was tangible and valid and I've been thinking about how I can make that turn into something good um, and not just like I guess be wasted so I've been thinking about, mm. like, I have these love poems I wrote for him that I want to turn into a little book, like a little zine, um and, like, send out um, to people and, like, do a pay-what-you-want kind of structure. And then whatever people send me, um, I'll, like, donate to the Trevor Project, which is, I don't know if you know about them, but they're this uh, suicide hotline for LGBTQ youth, and uh, I think they're based in L.A. Um, and I used to call them a lot growing up, and they saved my life a lot. And I just, I want to mm. turn Aww. something that was, like, Something that was good, but was definitely in the past, um, that hurt into something that like, I don't know, has some sort of net positive now. So I think about the whole thing very fondly, and I feel very grateful for what happened. And I also think that he um, he was the closest I've been to what I want, um, and I'm grateful for that. So yeah, I don't remember what the question was, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I'm very glad I
1: asked the question. It That's a, it's a beautiful story. I think it's such a beautiful yeah. plan and how to take something that is objectively extremely hurtful, but to mm-hmm. to take it into something so beautiful and that would actually help other people who have been in situations similar to you. Yeah. And I feel like also like listening to you saying that, I think there's just so much of like for you to be proud of because actually of you recognizing that you didn't want to hook up with a guy and that you overcame the fear of not wanting to be in a close relationship with him but you ended up deciding to be honest with him and Mm -hmm. making that step like that's just a personal win and something that you did for yourself whether it worked or not
0: yeah I'm really proud of that too because I was really scared I didn't want to be honest with him about that because I didn't want to give him the opportunity to cheat on me but yeah, I yeah. talked to a friend about it, and she was like, "Just fucking tell him that, tell him exactly yeah. that." And I did. And even though like it didn't go the way I expected it to go, it went in a way that I was grateful for, and that turned into something good. So
2: yeah, that's so very inspiring. powerful. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. I hope you realize how I keep saying the word rare, but like it's so rare to be able to have that you know mindset of being able to take something that's so painful and like see the beauty with it because leo leo knows this about me like i'm quite a pessimistic person like if something's bad i like i hold on to it like that's something again i'm working on and so like just being able to hear that you've gone through something that's so hurtful and like created good out of it is like something i want to you know do more in my
0: life as well so i mean don't get me wrong i have the exact same thing like i have insane trust issues now and like being able to both with friends and with um partners I just I'm so scared that they're gonna do the same thing to me or leave me or something but I mean you can be scared but does it serve you not really so you might as well just lean into it and be like fully in it which I don't don't know if this is the best advice but like I'm like (laughs) personally I'm like okay if I'm scared of falling in love I'm gonna do it really really well or do it really hard um (laughs) and do it as much as possible so and I think every time every time you get hurt you get closer to the thing you want so
1: yeah I love that I think I have to do the same like because I think my issue is also just being scared of like the worst case scenario but then again it's like okay you know Mm. what is the worst case scenario and how can I learn to trust that even if the worst case scenario happens I'm still there to catch myself yeah and also like
0: you being either you being worried about the worst case scenario like you being worried about it is not going to change it from happening it's just going to rob you of the joy that you're going to experience in the meantime That is very true. I did want to ask you guys or, like, touch on some of the questions that we got on Instagram. Because I don't want to ignore them, but I also don't have answers to all of them, which stresses me out. (laughs) Okay, we can try to figure it out together. Yeah, I would love that. We can just talk about them. Yeah. One of the ones I can talk about a little bit, I guess, is, like, someone asked about, like, sex stigmas. And, like, I don't really know, like, there wasn't really a question so much. Thanks, Christine. Um, no <laughs> <friend>. <laughs> I love but, that you've um, called her I, out I, I, I <laughs> thanks think, Christine yeah, I know <laughs> but in relation to loneliness there was this in that book I was reading Olivia Lang there's this like paragraph in it that I think um, I don't like made me stop and made me think about it um, so if it's cool I can read it and then we can talk about it a little. yeah please um, do it was about it was like in this chapter where she's talking about this um, filmmaker and like artist David Wanyarevich um, and he um he like had this part in his book called Close to the Knives where he was talking about um, loving this man. And um, there was this one line that um, Olivia was referencing. So she said, um, I love that statement, loved especially the final line. I saw him freeing me from the silences of the interior life. That's the dream of sex, isn't it? That you will be liberated from the prison of the body by the body itself at long last desired, its strange tongue understood. So when I stopped and I was reading that, um, Mm. or, like, stopped from that, I was just... That felt like a... Kind of, like, a permissiveness to having sex as a way to be understood, which Mm. I feel like has always been talked about as, like, a not why you should have sex and, like, maybe true, I guess, for some people. I guess there's different reasons to have sex for different people. But I always felt really ashamed at... um, my my desire to have sex with people just so that I could, f- like, fully be seen. Mm. I also don't think that um, having, like, if that's your only reason for having sex with the person, maybe think about it, I guess. But <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. I hated this idea that, like, you had to be ashamed of wanting to have sex with someone just because you wanted to be seen. Because that's so fucking normal and that's so human. Like, we are animals and, of course, we want to connect with someone and that is, like, a very physical... like integrated and intimate way to connect with someone like however you're having the sex it's pretty connected um and I hated this idea that like you had to be ashamed of that um yeah
1: yeah. that's so interesting because I feel like to me for a long time and I've had to work on my relationship to sex um maybe my parents can now like click out the the episode you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I think for me for a very long time it was very much based off like an external gaze Mm -hmm. You know of like how am I being seen and how am I almost like performing am I doing a good enough job Mm -hmm, and very much about the other person versus like my own experience and especially feeling like oh to be a good girlfriend or to be a desirable woman I have to do XYZ things Mm -hmm. to I don't know X amount of times a week or you know I think I definitely struggle with that a lot when I was in my past relationship and kind of in general when I was a bit younger I've been trying to really work on that and see it more as just a way to connect with people mm-hmm. or like to I, I like the the thing of as well like just using it as a way to like express yourself and
2: mm-hmm. to
1: figure out like who are you at like the core you know at like when everything is stripped back and actually when you do find someone that you trust whether it's a partner or, or just someone that like I don't know, you just give no fucks and you just decide to, to trust the moment and just to like let yourself go. But I definitely think that like, it's, it's still a relationship actually that I'm that I'm working on. Like how do I feel about sex and how do I want to approach it? And I think for myself, I've just, I want to see it as a, as a way to connect with my partner and to see it as like an expression of love and
2: mm-hmm.
1: almost like two souls connecting in a way where like it doesn't get more intimate than that in like a physical sense you know and Mm -hmm. so I feel like that's how I view it but it's so interesting because I feel like there is a lot of stigma around sex in general and like kinks or what you're into and Mm -hmm. I think that can be a whole other thing of like how do you even broach that topic with like new partners or
0: totally like there could be a whole separate episode on that but for me at least I feel like there are so many different use cases for sex that are all equally valid because you can think about like not only, like, using it as a way to emotionally connect with a partner, but you can also think about it as a way to explore your sexuality or a yeah. way to figure out what you like. Um, and a lot of those environments that those take place in don't look the same as, like, a different usage of sex. And I think those are all... I think, like, sex is genuinely something that should be celebrated in literally every yeah. form, provided it's consensual. Um, Like however you want to do it like with a stranger or with multiple people or in a casual environment or in a really like sacred committed way whatever it is it's it's all like special because it's takes two people to do that and for two people to try to meet in the middle anywhere I think is something special
1: yeah I like that because I think that's so interesting right like even like the amount of partners like I definitely don't think we're at a space where like women are, are kind of freed from the stigma that comes with, like, having more sexual partners than mm-hmm. than men. Or mm-hmm. I, I still think, even though we speak about it, like, I still think there are those views in terms of, oh, you have to, women have to sleep with less people than men, and, and men are celebrated for sleeping with a lot of women. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think that's very much ingrained.
2: Yeah, so true.
1: But I feel like sex is also, like, just about getting to know yourself better. And, like, no, I feel mm-hmm. like it's just all... Part of, like, the same things. Because I feel like I was trying really hard to be someone or, like, to, to be liked. And, yeah, like, at, and at the same time I was kind of dealing with, like, the issue of, like, oh, how, I don't know, how do I, I don't even think I looked at my sexuality as my sexuality. Like, it was mm-hmm. just, like, okay, how do I do this because it's, like, expected from me and because I want my boyfriend to like me and because yeah. I want guys to be interested in me and yeah. XYZ versus like seeing it as like something to that I can take control of.
0: Yeah, and I I think I think I, obviously it's valid that like you, it's something we can take control of and something that we can use to express ourselves. But I also want to emphasize, at least for me, that I think that idea that we have or had in the past that like you're having sex with someone because you want to be liked, that is not something to be ashamed of, and I think that is something that so many people go through and so many girls experience that like it is not something to be like. I don't know, I was ashamed of myself for having sex because of that reason for a long time. But that's just me Mm. figuring out why I wanted to have sex and who I wanted to have it Mm. with. And, like, all parts of that journey are just as valid and it is not something to be, like, ashamed of for wanting to be understood or wanting to be liked. I think that was the point of the thing I read.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm curious about, like, having... Because you said that you started dating girls, like, for the last, like, two years, right? Mm -hmm. Or, like, in the last two years. How did you find it, like sex with women versus sex with men was there a difference in terms of like
0: how you approach the two <laughs> yes we can talk about this I'm so scared um I feel like I'm bad at eating pussy um which, <laughs> which makes me feel like a really bad person sure you're not uh, no I probably am which is fine that's the thing but like we'll figure it out um, I was just talking to one of my friends the other day about this who's bi but she hasn't dated a man in like years um and I was saying to her how I was really insecure about starting to seriously date women because I'm really insecure about having sex with them. Um, Mm -hmm. And she was like, any person or any girl you talk to that you are trying to date, if you were just on this with them and saying that, like, this is new to you, they are totally cool with it because they have been there. Um, So that's some, like, sort of, like, hurdle I've been trying to get over with myself, with being scared that I'm not good enough, because I feel like I should know better, because it's also my body, right? Or, like... Yeah. But the reality is that, like, just because we both have vaginas, our bodies are still different, and how we experience pleasure is different. And all it comes down to is understanding someone else's body and listening. Um, So that's the thing that I, um, I guess, most excited about with, like, dating women is learning to listen. Um, but yeah, sex is really different. Uh, there's a lot of... <laughs> it's just funny because, like, I was thinking about the girl I lost my gay virginity to. We both lost our gay virginity to each other. It was, like, the most Aww, special. That's so it was special. so... Oh, my God. And we're friends now. And she came to visit Aww. New York a while ago. And we, like, had dinner and hung out a few times. And she's just such a wonderful person. And I feel so lucky to have such an honest relationship with her. Shout out, Hannah if you're out there. Um, <laughs> I love her. Um, but she... She and I, I feel like when we were figuring it out, it was like, you didn't usually, or at least when you're, when I was having sex with a guy, I would kind of understand what role they would take and what role, role I would take and like who makes yeah. the moves. And with her and I, it was kind of like, we just didn't know who was going to do what. So it was very fumbly, <laughs> but it was very fun. Um, And it was like, I think if you're doing it with someone you're comfortable with, um, or at least you can be honest with, then you can be frank about the fact that you don't know who should be doing what and then invite yourself and invite them to say what it is that they want to do. And I think it's honestly really freeing because if you're, at least for me, when I was having sex with a man, I was like, okay, so the man is going to do this and I'm going to do this. And that was kind of set versus having sex with a woman. It's like, okay, what do I want to do? And what does this person want to do? And I feel like it makes it such a more like level playing field for both of you to say what it is you want. So it's honestly really liberating and really fun, even though I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing, and I definitely cannot do this <laughs> very well. But I'm I'm working on it and practicing.
1: <laughs> That's it's so interesting because it makes me think that we should probably remove some of those like fixed ideas we have about sex, even when it's like a man and a woman or
0: yeah, like, because it just like it doesn't it's not fair to either of you. Like, what if the guy likes to yeah. do something that you usually do, or like yeah. you like to do something the guy does, but you don't even have the opportunity to learn about it? I think it's just like inviting inviting them in to be honest with themselves and then honest with you as a result and then listening and being non-judgmental
1: yeah i think non-judgmental is like the the key thing Mm -hmm. and so so important when you are in that space with someone Okay, should we move on to the next one before we
0: yeah i think there's like two more we can probably talk on uh, okay but maybe three but one of, them, <laughs> one of them i need your eyes' help with um <laughs> someone asked how hard it is to have or like to talk about how hard it is to have intimate relationships when you have attachment issues um which hits so close to home for me um the thing i can offer on this one i think is that my therapist always tells me that you can't Um, change your attachment style but you can change how you exhibit it or how you like practice it Um, so that's something I've been thinking about
1: that's so interesting I really want to read the book attached
0: Mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of good stuff about it have you read it no I haven't I've just read like parts of it or like heard people talking about it
1: the thing is I don't know if I'm necessarily the best person to speak about it because I feel I'm very very lucky with like I think my attachment style at least two I actually did the quiz with my last therapist that I had I did the quiz, or she made me take the attachment style quiz to in relation to my parents, mm-hmm. my best friend, and my ex at the time, and all of my attachments were secure, apart from Cara, you were the friend that I that I did the quiz about, and <laughs> apart from like the the attachment I had to my ex, which was like anxious avoidant or whatever. Mm. But I I feel very blessed in that like I think my foundations that I've had in my life are. Like, I have very secure
2: relationships.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I personally don't understand my own attachment styles. I think that's something I need to figure out. So, like, I, I find it hard to answer this question because I don't really yeah. understand.
0: I I think it's something we I... should all, like, interrogate more and talk about. I do know that with my parents, I'm avoidant. And then with partners, I'm anxious avoidant. Um, which is really fun and very sexy. Um, <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. I don't want to be, like, depressing by, like, sighing about it. But it does give me hope that, like though you cannot change your attachment style because it's, like, developed when you're a baby or whatever, but that, like, you can um, you can work with it and, like, understand. So I've been working with my therapist for the past few years on recognizing the trigger that would make me either pull away by being avoidant or anxious by, like, trying to latch on and pull them closer. Yeah. And just recognizing that trigger and then trusting yourself I guess, or practicing so that you can trust yourself to act in a way that you want to versus acting in a way out of habit. Um, I think that's a big distinction that I'm also focusing on right now a lot with like my personal, my personal growth is that I want to do things because I want to do them. And that's how I want to carry myself and not because they're a habit. And I think that applies to how you act in like intimate relationships because of your attachment style. Because I think your attachment style Im- influences the first action you want to take or the first thought you have. But what matters is what you do after it, right? What you follow up that yeah. thought with or how you actually act. Um, so I think I've been pretty lucky to, I guess, try to understand those things. And like, I don't know if lucky's the right word there. I've been trying to remember that my... Actions are what matters and not Mm -hmm. my first thought. Um, And that even though my attachment style might be telling me to do this, if I choose to do something else instead, that's the thing that's going to carry me forward. So it's it's like obviously easier said than done. Um, But I guess my point is that your attachment style is not going to bind you to how you are going to act forever. How you're going to act forever is your choice. And obviously hard to change habits because they're literally the hardest thing to change, they're like a habit for a reason. Um yeah. but that is possible too. That's really important.
1: I I'm thinking of and again, I, I honestly have no idea what my attachment style is, but I know that I have a tendency to at least in romantic relations to just like pull away. And I did that a lot when I was like mm-hmm. dating after my ex. Like just like it was just a lot easier to not really develop feelings or I'd like get obsessed with someone, be really obsessed with them for like a couple of weeks and then be like, ah, actually like- Yeah, then just, protect like, yourself, hit. right? Yeah. And I remember with Marco when we first started dating, I think my biggest fear honestly was like being in a relationship again because like my worst emotions I'd ever felt were like in a relationship before. So I was really scared of, of like actually letting myself be in, in a relationship and vulnerable to- feeling the pain that we were speaking of before because like with love comes pain and or the possibility to feel that pain and I remember like having moments where I was like it would just be so much easier than like to feel this anxiousness about being in a relationship if I just you know broke up with him
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and it's so weird because we've I've like told him this since I didn't tell him that in the moment but obviously I then had to you know talk to myself and, and tell myself that like, I really, really love this person or I, you know, and I think that this is a person that I can see myself with and this is a person that's worth me just trying to stick it out for. And, and you can go through that scary yeah, feeling with, yeah.
2: Like, it would have been e- an easy thing, but, like, not the best thing for you. Not to would have been worth situation. it, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I'm glad. It was definitely worth it because now I don't feel... I obviously still, like, today with the dream, obviously still, like, feel periods of, like... The anxiety that like made me want to like escape and run in the first place. Not escape, I'd say like run from it or protect myself. But I feel like with time I've gotten just so much better like communicating whenever things like that come up. And again, it's just because Marco is the right partner. He just like mm-hmm. is so good at listening to me and understanding. And it's just like, yeah, having someone love you no matter what. And I think that comes with like you just being able to face your fear and do it anyway. I mean, saying
0: mm-hmm. like, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to experience any of that if you hadn't you know allowed yeah. yourself to feel that fear and then decided to move past it but i think like yeah. the accepting of that feeling and like not the demonizing of it is what's important because if you're getting angry yeah. at yourself for like pulling away or whatever then i think you're doing yourself a disservice by not acknowledging that your attachment style is formed as a way to protect yourself or a way to mm-hmm. like serve you and that you can be grateful to even if it's like not the thing that's gonna help you the most, but you can be grateful to yourself for trying to help you and care for you um from literally the time you were a baby. Um and that even though the 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 action that it's trying to tell you to do right now might not be what's the most helpful, it is still like a sign of your body looking out for you and that is also something to be grateful for even as you choose to act yeah. in a different way. Yeah, that's so true.
2: It goes back to what we were saying of like how that's negative self talk and it's like the yeah and like how you shouldn't talk to yourself that way.
1: Yeah, I like I like the idea of I mean we were even speaking about this I think in the last episode about like self sabotage and I mm-hmm. guess just reframing all of those things. But it I know it's all coping mechanisms and it's all ways of like your body actually just trying to or your brain trying to protect you because it will always have your best interest at heart even though it's mm-hmm. doing the wrong things to get you there. It's,
2: that's the sad thing is like you know your brain is really <laughs> like associating an experience with how it made you feel at some point in your life and it's like oh i don't want it to feel this way again so i'm gonna do everything that i can to protect it and it's like it's like it's almost a sad thing to think about that you're like i know my
0: brain is like trying to do its best but it's not helping i know it's sad but it's also it's also beautiful beautiful right yeah it's just that the fact that you are trying to keep yourself alive throughout your whole life even when you may be trying to kill yourself or whatever is such a comforting feeling because it, like, shows you that you're always going to be there for yourself. Or at least that's how I feel about it.
2: No, I love that. I really like that view on things. Okay.
1: What's the, what's the last question?
0: There's two. We can choose which one you guys want to talk about. One is, like, digital dating. What? Um, and then the other <laughs> one is not having people who really know you nearby. Maybe that's something you can talk to Kara. Yeah. So the question was um, feeling lonely in the sense of not having people who really know you and see you around you or nearby.
2: Yeah. So should I touch on that? Please. <laughs> please. Am I the only
0: one that experienced this? No.
2: Um, yeah. Well, I think I think a lot of people who live in a country where like their family aren't there and like they have to kind of drop everything that they know and like move to a new place they experience this this feeling of like shit I'm somewhere new with like no one that I can talk to or like no one that knows how I'm feeling um and I I do feel that every day like every day that I'm not with my parents I do feel like I'm at loss this is so dramatic but like something's missing I always feel like something's missing and Mm -hmm. that I'm alone and I I actually never feel alone when I'm with my family and I think maybe Uh that's like they're my security and like my safety net Mm -hmm. um and it's probably me not accepting that that's a part of adulthood that like yes you see your parents less often and that's normal but in terms of like and we've done episodes on this before of like me trying to like or like feeling lonely in Newbury because I literally know I have no friends and like I've lived in Newbury for two years now and like yes there's ways to like put myself out there and stuff but it's really hard and like Ed and I have gone to like Pubs by ourselves just to like see if we can meet people and like it just never happened. It's so that people don't realize how hard it is to like put yourself out there and like mm-hmm. make friends and like especially I've in a small his, town. You know, it's we not like we a very a big very city. small. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think I've come to realize that it's uh not a me problem at this point. It's more just like I'm in an area where like there is no one my age <laughs> or like the people that are my my age. Don't really hang out in Newbury. They have like there or they already have their sets of friends or like mm-hmm. um, travel elsewhere to meet people. So I've accepted that that's not a part of my life here. Um, but if anything, it's give, given me that push to be like, well, you know, you have a good group of friends in London that like want to see you and hang out with you. So it's almost. And then a way I view it positively now is, like, I almost have my escape. Like, whenever I yeah. want the social, fun, exciting, like, have people that you know are there for you, you can have them and visit them in London. But I also have my alone time that I feel, like, safe in as well, where I'm like, you know, if I need to take a breath or, like, I need to have some time by myself, I know that I can always find that here, which I'm very grateful for. And something I wanted to mention as well is you can be in a place where you're not surrounded by... um people that are close to you in terms of like actual distance but you can you still like the power this is so dramatic but the power of like having someone you can call or like texting Mm -hmm. someone and stuff like even though yeah there's no one here I still know that I can like talk to so many people or like have people that are that will you know be willing to jump on a call with me to talk with me or like I mean I I literally a few days ago had a call with like two of my high school friends that I haven't one of them I've seen recently the other I haven't seen in probably three years um and we just like caught up about our lives and you know I don't have to talk to them every day or see them every day but I know that they're there and so that helps me feel
0: Mm -hmm. you know less alone Mm -hmm. how has that changed (laughs) like or being in this like small town and like I guess being lonelier like how has that changed your relationship with yourself like do you feel like the time you spend with yourself is like different now because it's do you feel like it's more of a choice or less of a choice or like how does that feel
2: I think it's more of a choice to be honest especially during COVID times I think I went through a phase where I was like oh I literally have no one and I'm so alone and like but I have nothing to do with my own time um and then we started the podcast and like I really got a chance to discover myself and like find out what I like and what I don't like and so um Now I can really be like, okay, I want to spend two hours like playing the piano by myself or like Mm -hmm. I want to I want to buy a canvas and like paint. And like I know that that's me choosing to do something by myself in my own time. And I know that, you know, as soon as I want to not be alone, I I'm very blessed to have, you know, people around me that will, you know, let me sleep over or like stay (laughs) at theirs and stuff. But um, so I think I have a really good balance of like choosing when I want to be surrounded by people and then then choosing when I want to spend time with
0: mm-hmm. myself that's so great that like something that you were scared of like being alone or like being lonely I guess in like this new place has created this opportunity for you to be more intentional with the loneliness that you feel and like how to shape that loneliness that's that's really special yeah I love that I feel like so obviously I've I definitely haven't
1: moved as much as you Zoe but I've also moved a couple of times And I find it interesting Because I feel like every time I move It it felt like an opportunity to like Reinvent myself a little bit And it's really interesting when you're When you're like faced with so many people Who literally don't know you at all And they don't know who you were before And I think in a part that's a blessing But also then you always have like That initial phase which is like part like super I think I always really romanticise it Like the beginning part of like being anywhere new And I used to really crave like the new starts And all Mm. of that Um, and kind of like the, but I, I think I found it easy to connect with someone at first. And then I found it difficult to actually develop true friendships off the back of that. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I, even though I, and I think again, that's probably like the difference between like being alone and feeling lonely. Like, I think you can feel lonely even if technically, like for example, at uni, I don't know if I was feeling lonely, but I. I definitely don't feel like I was feeling completely fulfilled in my friendships because I feel like I was I was going out a lot and on the surface probably spending so much time with people, maybe even more people, like, more time with people than I do now. But I, I think, like, the the part of my heart that's, like, fulfilled by, like, friendship connections was a lot emptier
2: mm-hmm.
1: than it is now. So I feel like it's... I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it takes some time to like cultivate the relationships in a, in a new place. And like in I feel like in England it's honestly taken me like 5 years or 4 years to like mm. actually build a group <laughs> that I feel like a group of people that I feel very secure and comfortable with. And I don't know. Just but again, I think it makes you explore yourself in a better way and like it kind of forces you to like get to know yourself a bit better and get to know like who do you actually want to surround yourself with and long distance friendships are also difficult but definitely also worth it you know like Mm -hmm. I mean speaking of like what you said Cara with like it's difficult to not have your family around I like with Marco being long distance and my family being long distance and like my home friends it does often feel like there's always some significant part of me missing like you know I I never feel quite whole and at peace and in the moment unless like for example Christmas Marco was with was with my family and I was like "Ah, oh my god like there's almost no reason for me to like check my phone or or try you know not be present because like so many important people were in the room but then it's difficult because then I had Marco and my friends there for my birthday New Year's and I was missing my family so I feel like maybe again that's adulthood and when you choose to live somewhere else like there's always gonna be so
2: hard though (laughs) yeah
1: it's always important people missing and honestly don't know what the solution to that is I feel like it's just knowing that they're still there and god bless technology that like it allows us to like FaceTime and connect Mm -hmm. yeah
0: and then also on top of that like not feeling bad for feeling alone when you do um and like not being angry at that part of your at least for me not being angry at that part of yourself that's like okay I have these people and they love me but I still feel alone just being like being angry at myself like didn't serve me Um, and then being I think also seeing the loneliness as a kind of a portal into which you can be more intentional with the time that you choose with yourself Um, and then to kind of sit with it and to give yourself the care that you need because that's been really healing for me yeah. yeah
2: you, you know yeah. what I feel so like the thing that I feel most guilty which I think a lot of people feel as well is um knowing that like my parents worked so hard their life to provide me with like the opportunity to be here and then I'm sitting here being like I don't want to be here I want to be at home and it's almost like that guilt of like but I should be so grateful for the fact that I can live in a you know in this country like I got the the best education that I could get and like I have a good job and stuff so it's like mm-hmm. I think I'm. I think a lot of people feel that guilt. Yeah, um,
0: I know that guilt is real, so. and like I've lived with so much shame my whole life, and like just guilt for I don't know being what they want or not being what they want, or mm. and then as a result not feeling like I'm being myself or whatever it is. But like, just guilt and shame don't serve you. They like do not no. make your life better in any way. Um, the only like antidote I found to that is just like radical gratitude, um, which is sounds hokey kind of is but like is, <laughs> is, is 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 mostly just about being like okay yeah they did this for me to be here um so I'm grateful for that and I'm also grateful for the feeling that I have that I want to like make them proud or all of those things yeah. Like I'm just grateful for yourself for feeling to be honest because that's a that's a luxury like I was on Zoloft and I didn't feel anything and that sucked so being able to feel yeah. I think is such a blessing
1: yeah and also I mean I feel like I have a and I don't know an interesting relationship with like me being on my own because like I said like I had I had moments where I found it difficult but in general this sounds weird but I think being alone is like one of my favorite things to do mm-hmm. like I think it's one of the moments where I'm like most myself is just like me reading or or journaling or I don't know I just think there's something very very beautiful about like you allowing you giving yourself the time to just be with yourself and like to decompress and to like stimulate your mind or to do whatever you want because I I feel like again there's maybe also stigma around like what do you do with that time like oh you have to do something that's super highbrow and that's like xyz falls into whatever self-care looks on the internet like it has to be you putting on putting bath bubbles on or whatever it is not the right word or are you having to read a certain <laughs> type of book and I mean honestly for like uh 99% of time I read like very lowbrow literature and just like stuff that makes me happy and as can be should. like <laughs> yeah can be like some or or watching a cheesy show or I know whatever it is I think it's just like yeah we are like our own best friends aren't we and like it's mm. it's it's so cool that like we do if we do get to spend the time with ourselves like I honestly feel very grateful whenever I do get moments where I'm like alone
0: (laughs) oh that's like so inspiring for me to hear because I'm still like at a place where like I have to intentionally choose to be alone and then try to enjoy it and like there are times where I will actively enjoy it and then there's times where I will like actually not be enjoying it um so that's really inspiring for me to hear and like I'm very much looking forward (sighs) to when that happens for me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: I'm so sure I, it will. <laughs> again I
1: think the routines really help like what I <laughs> do and the podcast knows this but what I do like every morning we have like the 6 30 a.m wake up in our house and then where we all like wake each other up and then I, I don't like how I you do that <laughs> like the whole house is no joining in um and then I just look forward so much to like making my little coffee again it's like the silly little routines like making my coffee Reading whatever book I'm reading, I do that for like an hour, and it's like fuck, that's my time. Or like I literally just get to read, like how beautiful. And then Mm. and then like either journaling or ooh, okay phone. (laughs) Um, it's because my charger is connected to it, and I keep like bumping it. Um, and then like either journaling or going for a walk or doing yoga. Like there's so many options that you can do of like with your time, and Mm. no one else is like telling you what to do. It's literally just like oh, how? But what do you want to do? Versus, like, when you're with someone else, I think it doesn't even matter if, like, how comfortable you feel with them. You always obviously want them to also be happy in the activity or, like, with what you're watching
0: or something. <laughs> so true.
1: Do you want to, to end it off, read the poem,
0: The Roofman? Yeah, I would love to. I love that poem. Yeah. Um, okay, okay, yeah, this is from... Let's do that. Or do you think we should <laughs> read that or the the page from Lonely City?
1: Have I read that one? I don't know.
0: I think, Kara, you loved it. It's the one right before this whole page.
1: Ooh, I'm down for whatever you want to read. Yeah, yeah,
0: read that one. Yeah, maybe I'll read that one. It just feels more appropriate. Um, So this is also from Lonely City. This is the last page of it. Um, And she says, I don't believe the cure for loneliness is meeting someone, not necessarily. I think it's about two things, learning how to befriend yourself and understanding that many of the things that seem to affect us as individuals are in fact a result of larger forces of stigma and exclusion, which can and should be resisted. Loneliness is personal and it is also political. Loneliness is collective, it is a city. As to how to inhabit it, there are no rules and nor is there any need to feel shame, only to remember that the pursuit of individual happiness does not trump or excuse our obligations to each other. We are in this together, this accumulation of scars, this world of objects, this physical and temporary heaven that so often takes on the countenance of hell what matters is kindness, what matters is solidarity, what matters is staying alert, staying open, because if we know anything from what has gone before us is that the time for feeling will not last so I don't know, for me that kind of just made me think about like how grateful I am to feel lonely and how grateful mm. I am to feel love and um, how those are all like signs of being human and that yeah. we are so lucky to be that. I love it
1: I feel like that's a perfect, like, encapsulation of what we were speaking about today.
2: Yeah, it really is. Yeah, so thank
1: really you very book. much. I
2: do
0: recommend it. And thank <laughs> you so much
1: for, like, preparing the, you know, or thinking about the text to read, because I feel like that makes a big impact. So. Oh, my goodness. I,
0: like, loved it. It was so, it was also really good for me to think about, like, how I see loneliness and how I talk about it. Um, and <laughs> to see what, like, resonates with other people. It's been very special.
1: <laughs> yeah thank you so much for coming on uh, Cara and I were whilst you were at the toilet just saying how much we've loved this conversation <laughs> oh my gosh
0: you guys <laughs> yeah. are the best Oh, yeah, this has it's been very... like the, the 100% the best part of my week maybe probably my month maybe my year <laughs> just like <laughs> oh, it stop. feels so nice to be seen and to be invited into a space of like honesty and compassion and care and for you guys to have created that is a really beautiful thing so Pats on the
1: back for you Aww. both. Thank, thank you. you so and yeah, thank you so much for being honest with us and sharing your thoughts, your words, and you're a beautiful writer, so I'm very excited yeah, to honestly, read so, whatever, so you, whatever you publish and good luck with that. And you we'll keep the Machadari's audience updated.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. This was the best.
1: Do you want to plug your socials so that people know where to find you? <laughs> my, uh,
0: my Instagram is at sadspot, like if you were a spot and you were sad um and then <laughs> such a my, cute name <laughs> it's just it's you gotta be honest when i am a sad and i'm a spot of it so will take it <laughs> um and then my uh my website is just zoeberger.com c-o-e-b-e-r-g-e-r.com and yeah
1: that's love it us. love it amazing okay oh. thank you so much for listening guys and we'll speak to you next week speak to you next week bye bye, bye.